everyone, and welcome to the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Here with your hosts, Jacob Smedley, Sam Betts, Justin Reedhammer, Nathan Romanoff, with today's special guest, Tom Havington. Our topics today include, we're going to go over the round one recap. Sam is leading that combo to start us off. Then we move on to the division winner predictions. We finished up the division recaps. Now we're moving on to just the division winners. We're talking about each one today. And then wrapping up with the NHL playoffs with Nate. We're moving on to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Now here's Sam Betts. But with the NBA Round 1 recap, take it away, Sam. Hello, Jake. It feels good to be back here for Season 2. Good to be back. Yeah, Season 2. Get us started, Sam. All right. So the first round of the NBA playoffs finished here. We're already down into the second round, but that's another topic for another time. We're going to go over the first round here. We're going to start off with the Western Conference as we go with the Lakers and Trailblazers. Obviously, we have the Lakers here being the one seed, Trailblazers in the eighth seed. The Lakers, as not really a shocker to anyone, took it 4-1. to one. However, as we look at Game 1 here, it got a little scary for the Lakers as the Blazers took that game at a score of 193. We had guys Damian Lillard, uh, Logo Lillard, 34 points, 6 of 13 from the 3-point line. We also have CJ McCollum with 21 points. I mean, this Trailblazers team, they took off that first game. And I'll tell you what, I mean, even with uh, Anthony Davis scoring 28 points and LeBron scoring 23, Trailblazers took that game one and everyone was wide eyes open. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I mean, Sam, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, they had quite that momentum from the last few games of the the entry into the playoffs. But again, the the Lakers team are too much for them, proved to be too much winning the the next four and and moving on from, from the first round. Uh, it, the, all the hype with the Blazers, we were, me, you, Nate, we were all thinking about the Blazers possibly upsetting that, so we're even taking it deep to, uh, deep to seven games, but uh, just too much firepower on the Lakers offensively and defensively. Yes, and unfortunately with Damian Lillard being injured, game five, kind of going into game five, the Lakers took that win 131 to 122. With Anthony Davis scoring 43 points, 14 of 18 from the field goal. And we have LeBron James with 36 points, 14 of 19 shooting as well. And that was kind of a wrap there. As we go on to another, we go on to another first round uh, Western in the West here. We have the Dallas Mavericks versus the Clippers. Now this series, it went, it went four to two in the Clippers favor, but I'll tell you what. It was looking it was looking there like the Mavericks could pull something out there toward the end. If we look at game 4, Dallas won it 135 to 133 in overtime and it had to have been you guessed it, Luka Doncic. 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, the triple double. Even without Kristaps Porzingis, they were still able to get the win and Trey Burke even helped out. I'd like to mention him, 25 points. 10 of 14 shooting as well. The Clippers even ha- had a lot of high scores. Kawhi with 32 points and Lou Williams with 36. So, I mean, it was tied 2-2 two to two here. Everyone thought that Dallas had some sort of chance to pull it out here. I got a question for you, Sam. Now, now this is up for everyone. Tom could join in, Nate, as well. 
If the Dallas Mavericks played someone else other than the Clippers in the first round, do you think they would have moved on to the second round? Other than the Clippers, if they didn't play a top two seed the way they played in the first round, do you think they would have moved on? I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go definitely. The way Luka Doncic played, and let's say Kristaps Porzingis didn't get hurt. Let's just say he stayed healthy. I feel like they definitely could have moved on to the next round. The Clippers are just a, I mean, the Clippers are a phenomenal team with Kawhi Leonard. Lou Williams, you have a bunch of guys on that team who are just dominant. And I mean, it's hard with Luka being in his second year trying to lead a team to a deep playoff run against a team like this. It's hard. So, but I think if they were playing anyone else, maybe not the Lakers, maybe not the Lakers, but maybe anyone else, I'd say they'd be able to take it to the next round. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement, Sam. Um, I feel like if they would have played, say, either Houston or Oklahoma City, they would have won that series, in my opinion, honestly. Houston. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Houston. Houston? No, no, no. Houston went to no. Game Seven against OKC. Don't give me that, bro. I'm sorry. I'm Harden. I don't know who I'm you, you can put on Harden. I don't know if Luca can guard Harden though. We'll get we'll get Come on to Harden. We'll get on to Harden. We'll talk about Harden in a yeah, bit here. We'll, we'll talk about. But unfortunately, okay. Tom, forget- Tom, what do you think? What do you think? You think the Mavs could have moved on? I think they could have beaten the Thunder, Nuggets, and the Jazz. Maybe the Rockets, but James Harden is just too good. Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I don't know what you're talking He's good, but, man, sometimes his offensive output is here and there. Yeah, I'll he, give, I'll give yeah, Nate but that. He, I'll give it to Nate. I think it would have went seven games if they would have played him. And I think game That's seven would have been for grabs. All right. Any, anyways, however, the Clippers were still able to take game six, um, 111-97. to Kawhi was able to put up 33 points, while Luka... Was still able to put up 38 with nine rebounds and nine assists. So he almost had a triple double there, but what just wasn't in the cards for the Mavericks. Maybe next year, I definitely think that team could make a deep playoff run. Still moving on, we have the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. How about this? A four, <laughs> the Nuggets inching, barely inching, pulling out this series with a four to three. It looked like there with the Jazz having a three one lead that. It was going to be over. Go to Warriors. Oh, yeah. Go to Warriors there. Uh, oh, man. We had, game, we had game one. The Nuggets took that 135 to 125 in overtime. After this game, you knew it was going to be a series. Donovan Mitchell had 57 points, 19 of 33 shooting. You don't see that much that, production. That's typical of... Donovan Mitchell for you, though, Sam. I mean, he's going he's gonna to score like 20-plus points, but he's going to do so on 20-plus shots. He, he, that, that's, that's how he operates. Oh, yes. And then, I mean, the scoring kept continuing. And then you add in uh, Jamal Murray, 50 points with 11 rebounds in Game 4. The Jazz took that one, 129 to 127. Donovan Mitchell, 51 points with 7 assists. I mean, they kept going back and forth, these two. It was very dynamic shooting. However, Game 7, the Nuggets barely inching out, like I said, 80, 80 to 78. The lowest scoring game of the entire series. And it all came down to a three-point shot by um, Mike Conley. And it just rimmed out. And you just see Donovan Mitchell, the emotion that he had after that game. It was very, very hard to see. However, maybe next year as the Nuggets move on to the next round. Heck of a series. I mean, the, the way both of the guards played Mitchell and um, really putting the teams on their shoulders. I mean, you could say what you say, can say about Jokic, the way he played in the final few games there, really, to, I guess, give the, the Nuggets that extra 
extra push there, but it, it really was Murray versus uh, Mitchell, I think, that, that whole series, and just seeing that, that extra, I think, push from Jokic and some of the other scores on the Nuggets really dictated that the final outcome in that game, the, the defense in that, that final Game 7. Definitely, and it was very exciting to see as like an NBA fan, and for all NBA fans, I think it was very exciting to see uh, these two guys go back and forth, and maybe some point soon in the future we'll be able to see it again. As we move on now, we get on to Houston versus OKC. Now, the Houston Rockets took this four games to three. It was a very close series, a little bit closer than I thought it would be. If we look at the game here, we have the Thunder winning in overtime, uh, 119 to 107. James Harden had 38 points that game with seven rebounds and eight assists. I mean, like you said, uh, this was one of the nights where James Harden was really able to score here. But with Dennis Schroeder scoring 29 points and Chris Paul scoring 26, going 11 from 20 from the field goal, and then you have four for six from the three-point line, they're able to get it done. I... I seemed expect again we we look at the, the kind of the firepower that the the uh, rockets have in terms to the thunder i mean the thunder have have a still still really good chris paul uh stephen adams uh young players there no one really expected them to get to this point uh and being where they were in the playoff picture but they get and and taking the rockets to seven games with james Harden, russell westbrook as you mentioned surprising but again a lot of kind of knew that the Rockets would probably be moving on, moving on. From yeah, this. and it definitely came close. But in Game Seven, the Rockets won 104 to 102. We have Eric Gordon scoring 24 points, going six for 11 from the uh, field. There, we have Robert Covington, 21 points, seven of 15, and he also had 10 rebounds. That small ball lineup kind of coming in there too. Uh, you had the rookie Dort from the Thunder there scoring 30 points, six of 12 from the three-point line. But so I just hear enough. Robert Covington, Sam, and it makes me sad oh, it makes me heart. sad <laughs> oh don't worry <laughs> jake don't worry buddy you're about to be even more sad later on <laughs> don't 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 get there sam don't get there don't worry we won't oh, get there for a while don't. this this is gonna be a painful episode <laughs> we're gonna move on to the eastern conference here we're gonna talk about the bucks and the magic now the bucks obviously we all knew the bucks were gonna win four to one however another this is kind of like the lakers and trailblazers here game one the magic came on top 122 to 110 again another like um eye-opening moment there markel my guy markel uh, i know i know a bunch of 76ers <laughs> going around killing me some <laughs> however we have nikola Jokic. oh wait nikola vukovic vukovic excuse me nikola vukovic scoring 35 points 15 of 24 from the field Five of eight from the three-point line with 14 rebounds. He definitely had a great game. Giannis, again, Former having... Former Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're full of them. The playoffs <laughs> is full of former Sixers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's tough, dude. Orlando that's tough for Sixers. Me. That's tough to hear. <laughs> well, the Sixers themselves can't make it that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, the, have Giannis with 31 points and 17 rebounds. Giannis being a dominant player, but, I mean, the Magic took that one. However... As we all know, in Game 5, the Bucks took it 118-104. to Giannis scoring 28 points with 17 rebounds. Chris Middleton with 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. We had Nikola Vukovic still up there scoring 21 points and 15 rebounds, too. And Evan Fournier, the next top leading scorer for the Magic, only scoring 18 points. So, I mean, 
it was a short run for the Magic, but I mean, they pulled out a win. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can see why they lost the first series because the team's full of former Sixers. I mean, that, that make, makes sense. Yeah, and Terrence Ross. Like, okay. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Your team stinks. Well, Terrence Ross, Ross, was a former Raptor. However, speaking of the Raptors, the Raptors versus the Nets, we're going to get into a couple sweeps here as the Raptors swept the Nets 4-0. In game one, the Raptors took the win with 134 to 110. You had another former 76er, Timothy uh, Luahu Cabarat, scoring 26 points, 9 of 13 from the field with 7 rebounds. Uh, However, Fred Van Vliet... Those are empty stats. Empty stats. (laughs) However, Fred Van Vliet with 30 points, 11 assists, 8 of 10 from the three-point line. How about that? And Serge Ibaka with 22 points and 8 of 14 from the field. And then in Game 4, Raptors were able to do the same thing, 150 to 122. He had Karis LeVert, who's become a big star for that Nets team. 35 points, 11 from 23 from the field. However, Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka, uh, they didn't get too many minutes in this game. Norman Powell with 24 minutes, but however, he was able to get 29 points. Serge Ibaka in 19 minutes was able to get 27 points, 12-14 from the field, and 3-3 from the three-point line with 15 rebounds. I mean, this Raptors team. I know I'm a little biased, but I love the. Yeah, you biased Raptors fan, you. Hold up, hold up. Let me ask you a question, Sam. Before you continue, are you you satisfied with this? Let me ask you, are you satisfied with a sweep over the Nets who are missing Kevin Durant and missing Kyrie Irving. Let me let me ask you that question, Sam. And yeah, DeAndre okay. Jordan. Oh yeah, yes. DeAndre okay. Jordan. Yeah, they're missing a lot of players. And Dinwiddie too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're missing a lot of players. However, Kevin Durant's been injured for about two seasons now. Am I correct? We knew he wasn't going to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, injuries happen. Injuries are a very important factor, especially when it comes in the playoffs. If your team cannot stay healthy they're not going to be able to advance or even put up a fight. So, I mean, the Raptors are able to stay healthy. Raptors are able to move on. All these teams who have healthy players, they're going to be able to move on. I'm just saying it's part of the strategy. If you don't have healthy players, you can't advance. I mean, considering they lost Kawhi, their best player from last season, I would say they did pretty well in the opening round. Exactly. I mean, as good as you could want them to do. Like. You know. And don't get me wrong, this Nets team, uh, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, I mean, Timothy, Lo- Timothy Lawahu, who, who we've seen come around. And then we only have the fu- you only have the future to see with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you would have Spencer Dinwiddie later on. When he comes back, the Nets are going to be a good team, and they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the East. However, it's just not their time yet. But the Raptors, however, the Raptors coming off a championship from last year, they have a lot going for them, so... We're going to see how it turns out in the second round. As we move on, and this is where the 76ers fans kind of, uh, this is where the tears come. Celtics and 76ers. Celtics, another sweep in the East. 4-0. If we look at game two here, uh, we have the Celtics taking it 128-101. to Joel Embiid, I mean, without Ben Simmons, was able, tried really hard to put the team on his back. Uh, You had Matisse Thibault, you had Shake Milton, you had Tobias Harris, Josh, Josh Richardson. A lot of these players have had to step up, but Joel Embiid had to step up the most. 34 points, 11 of 21 from the field with 10 rebounds. However, Jason Tatum had 33 points, 12 of 20 from the field with 8 of 12 from the three-point line. He also had Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker uh, with 22 points and 8 of 16 from the field. I mean, you have Kemba Walker, who's just a great ball handler in general. Combine that with uh, the scoring of Jason Tatum, and also we also have Jalen Brown in there, too, who's... 
done really well. Uh, Daniel Tice has taken up a lot of minutes as well and his doing his thing. I mean, if you look at game four, the 76ers came close, but the Celtics took him 110 to 106. Again, Joel Embiid, 30 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, Joel did everything he could for this team, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, Tobias Harris also uh, put up a good fight uh, with 20 points, 7 of 12 from the field, 12 of 13 from... Free, free throw shooting, so I mean, there's something good to look at. But you had Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker with 32 points. Jason Tatum had 28, 10 of 18 from the field, and 15 rebounds. It's a clean Sam, sweep. I, I, bad coaching. There's no sugarcoating it. <laughs> bad no, no, coaching. Here we out. Yes, Brett Brown no was. Help. Ben um, Simmons was out. Ben Simmons was out. Sixers win that series if Ben Simmons plays. But we have Don't to Don't at me. If the team is not healthy, they cannot advance to the playoffs. Uh, no. Brett Brown was no. fired promptly we would, after We would have won this series. This would have been a gentleman's sweep with Ben Simmons. Gentleman's sweep. It probably, I don't think Come it would have been a sweep. I don't I think don't it would have been a sweep with um, 76ers, but... Come on, you lose your we second. Got the, we got the Philly fan optimist option. Tom over here saying yeah, you a gentleman's sweep. you lose your second sweep. scoring option and your best defender. Yeah, that definitely... Yeah, I, that I, definitely I would have won defensive player of the year. That's a huge loss. And then Tobias Harris is chucking 20 shots up a game. That doesn't happen. Ben Simmons is in the game. Yeah, no, you're you're right. And I understand that. I just, I don't feel like the parts around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are enough. They lost too much from last season and J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler. I mean, they just, they don't have the shooters they need to make it far enough. I don't see it happening. Kemba, Jason Tatum, heck even smart, Jalen Brown. Those guys are ballers, man. I think it would have been a like a six or seven game series with Simmons in. I still see Boston winning though. Yeah, I know. I like how you mentioned uh, Jimmy Butler. We're gonna go to another sweep in the East. We have the Heat here taking on the Pacers. He swept the Pacers. I mean, they were the fifth seed coming in. Pacers the fourth seed, but they they took out the brooms and they went four and zero oh in Game Three. Uh, the Heat won one hundred twenty four to one hundred fifteen. Uh, Jimmy Butler or Jimmy Buckets if you'd say. 27 points. He didn't really shoot that well, but he was 17 of 20 from the three throw line. So, I mean, it was also eight rebounds. I mean, You they love got, your free throws. They did. And I mean, seven, I mean, 20 free, free throws in a game. That's a lot. That's about True. 10. That's about, <laughs> that's about 10 fouls there. We also had Bam on a bio, 22 points, 11 rebounds. He's just a double, double machine himself. Uh, you had TJ Warren, uh, for the Pacers, 23 points with five steals in that game. That was pretty impressive. I thought that was a little cool stat. But And then Malcolm Brogdon with 34 points. But And then we look at game four. The Heat won 99-87. That was probably one of the lowest scoring games. That was, that was probably the lowest scoring game of the series. With Goran, uh, Goran Dragic, 23 points, uh, 10 of 21 from the field. Uh, the Pacers, a lot of the Pacers players put up some decent stats. Uh, Victor Oladipo, 25 points, 8 rebounds. Miles Turner... 22 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 14 rebounds, and TJ Warren had 21 points. However, Jimmy Butler was pretty instrumental throughout this series, and um, as it's looking right, like right now, I think it's 3-1 to one in the second round, the Heat against the Bucks. so I don't know. I mean, this Heat team was looking pretty nice uh, throughout the playoffs as they went. 7-0, uh, and 0, I believe, was their record uh, in total. I think they just lost uh, to the Bucks, 118-115. to 115. But that was their first loss to the playoffs. So when you go 7-0 in the playoffs, I mean, you have something going for you. 
yeah, to, to start. I mean, they have a lot of lot of weapon, a lot of shooters around Jimmy Butler. You have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Drogic, uh shoots the three at a high clip. You have Bam Adebayo, who's athletic, can pick and pop, pick and roll to the rim, uh, and put, grab grab the boards. Uh, very, again, a team that a, a team that a lot of people I, I think overlooked. Again, it was. Bucks, Celtics a lot. I mean, you had the Heat, fourth seed, kind of overlooked, uh, I think, in the playoffs. And, and now they're showing the, the talent that they have right now. And uh, second round, you, you said 7-0 and start. That's, it's very difficult to do to, to start the playoffs. So. Yeah, what they're doing is impressive, but I, I, think, I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. I think if they make the finals... They're going to get swept. They're going to get blown out of the water by the whoever comes out of the West. I just don't see... Like, I know Jimmy Butler's a leader, but you put LeBron on Jimmy, it's game over. And then this Bucks team has been awful. They've been terrible this whole series because Giannis has forgot how to play basketball. And he's been shooting awfully. And Middleton showed up today. And then Bledsoe just sucks altogether. I've known this for a long time. Giannis has been dealing with um, an ankle injury, and uh, I believe he was injured uh, in the game recently. Um, but and I think he's out. He was out yeah, for he left game the four. Game today, so. Yeah, he left the game today. So I mean, that definitely could have been affecting his play. But I mean, you're right. I mean, the Bucks team they were able to beat the ma- they were able to beat the Magic, but the Magic were an eight seed. I mean, you have them going up against uh, a fifth seed Heat team, and the Heat took them to three and oh. I mean, three and one right now, but. I don't. I don't think we've seen anyone come back from a three and three zero deficit. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how this Bucks team plays against the Heat. If whether Giannis is back or not, it'll still it's still going to be very interesting. That should wrap things up for the NBA first round combo with Sam. Now here's Justin Reed Hammer. We're shifting focus from division recaps. To division winner predictions. Take it away, Justin. Thank you, Jacob. All right, let's dive right into it here. We're going to start out with the AFC North. And in this division, we have the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, and Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, for this first one, I don't really think I'm going to be creating a lot of controversy because I think, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this division this year. No, Justin, it's the Browns. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Baker Mayfield. All the way, man. The Bengals. Browns, they, they're, they're, they're going up a little bit, but I don't, I don't think they're going to really take it. And the Bengals, they're, they're they not doing enough. Joe Burrow. They got Joe yeah. Burrow. That's Joe, what they need. Joe, Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. AJ, AJ Green. Oh, they're going to be so good. Yeah, may, maybe in a couple of years. But we'll, oh, my God. They're going to have such an explosive offense. Oh, this, they have the best QB in college football ever. Joe Burrow is going to be so good this year. He's going he's gonna to be in the MVP voting, and he's going to be thrown. Whoa, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yes, 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 yes. Joe Burrow was really good in college, but college and the NFL yeah. are are a little different. They're just yeah, a bit they're, different. they're way different, let me tell you. He's by far the best college quarterback ever. I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you on that, but he, hasn't pl- he has not played a game in the NFL yet. <laughs> yeah, NFL speed is so much faster than college speed. There's just there's no way you can predict how good he's gonna be. I mean, Patrick Mahomes like played one game his rookie year. 
then he played second year, and then he was amazing. So I feel like we couldn't – no one could predict how good he was going to be. Yeah, you're right yeah, about no, that. This, nobody can Joe say Burrow's, how good Joe Burrow be amazing. Because we thought that Josh Rosen was going to be something, and look, he just got released again. So, I mean – I didn't think Josh I think Rosen's Rosen a little different. Josh he Rosen. Great, he, he had great Nine guys picked ahead of me with mistakes. I no, I think Joe Burrow will have a good season by all means. I just I don't see the Bengals as a team no, winning no way that they division, win division this year. I go with the Ravens as Justin said. Like I said, I'm not turning many heads by saying the Ravens are gonna win, all right? I think that the Steelers they're gonna do something this year, but I don't think they're gonna win the division. Not, not with, with Lamar Jackson out there. All right, and then we can uh, move on to the AFC South here, who consists of the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, and Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, for this one, you guys might be a little bit. I think we'll we'll be split here. I, I you feel might like be a little this split. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Titans. I think that the Tennessee Titans, the way that they locked up their team this offseason you know, to solidify that, you know, play-action run offense that they have. I think that the way that they did that and the way that they're, you know, trending upward and the way that the Houston Texans trending downward, I got to go with the Tennessee Titans. That is where you are wrong, Justin. It is the Indianapolis Colts, Philip Million Kids Rivers. They win by a game. They win by a game. T.Y. Hilton. I got uh, with Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. He's going to yeah, be a big a impact a player. Yeah, he is. They're going to be. They're going to be great. I they don't are. Know you're thinking that. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think the Colts are going to have a great year, but I don't think that they're going to win a division like this. Well, I think the Titans are so predictable. It's going to be Derrick Henry, and it's going to get stopped this year. Tannehill can't throw the ball more than ten yards down the field, and he's not going it, to. It's. It's going to be so predictable. I know they got Davion Clowney, but that's on the other side. But they're not going to score any points. Yeah, and the Colts I, will. I think, yeah, like the point about Ryan Tannehill, you know, what? Yeah, he, he, he had a good season last year, but, like, that doesn't mean crap. He could come in and, you know, be – he could stink it up this year. And you're right. I think they'll be heavily relying on Derrick Henry. And I think teams will figure that out. So I don't I don't think they'll win the division. I, I think it'll be close – and I, I'm not ruling out the Texans, honestly. I think the Texans and Colts will be battling it out. I just feel like with his new contract, Deshaun Watson will be uh, extra motivate, have extra motivation coming into this season. I know they lost DeAndre Hopkins. By far their best offensive weapon. I mean, that trade, they got robbed, I mean, by the Cardinals, basically. Let's just... Let's just say it how it is, but I feel like they'll still put up a good fight in that division, and I think it'll be close. I think it'll be real tight, but I, I will go I will go Colts to pull it out, pull it out by a game. All right, well, you guys have your opinions, I have mine. So we'll move on to the AFC East. I think there's going to be a little bit of controversy here now, but I'm going to explain myself, all right? So yeah, that's why Bill's pa- fan. Oh, no. We have the New England Patriots, we have the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins, all right? Uh, now, I'm obviously, I got to go with the Buffalo Bills here. Let's, let's be real, guys. Let's That's set aside bias. our bias. Let's set aside our bias and look bias. at the facts here. The New England Patriots have been dominating this division for the last 20 years, but the guy that's behind the helm, the guy, Tom Brady, the GOAT, he's gone. He's in Tampa now. He's gone. What's to yeah, stop the Bills? Yeah, they still got a better quarterback from, than the Bills they, do. It doesn't, it, no, 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 it doesn't matter. You know why? Because the Buffalo now has a better offense and a better defense. Because in the Get out of here. Now, Get out of here. No, Get out of here with do. your bias. Let them let explain. Let him it's explain. Not, yeah, yeah, let me explain, all right? You have one of the best receiving cores in Stefan Diggs, 
John Brown, Cole Beasley. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Receiving calls in the NFL, or are we talking in the division? Definitely in the division. Definitely the best in the division. Maybe top 10 in the NFL. Maybe top 10 in the NFL. Top 10 in the NFL. Well, I'm just saying, you got Stefan Dace who can go out there and catch any pass. He catches the most contested passes out of anybody. <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he's been doing for the past, what, three, four years? And then you have John Brown, a speedster. He runs down that field. And then Cole Beasley, he gets open all the time, you know? That's what he does. He's a slot receiver. So I'm saying you got one of the best. You got an upcoming tight end, Dawson Knox, which we don't know if he's going to be good yet. I'm not going to I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, but he could turn out to be something good. Devin Singletary is poised to have a decent year. Josh Allen's going to improve at that quarterback position. And he does all he needs to do is basically just not make a lot of mistakes, and he can take this offense far. And that defense, undeniably, is one of the top defenses in the NFL, at least top three. I think that they are going to be better than the Patriots. The Patriots' offenses, they didn't do well last year, and they... Frankly, they didn't do as much to kind of bring that up. And they had a lot of opt-outs, the most opt-outs in the NFL. I mean, you had you have star players opting out, like Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower. I mean, these people are monsters on that defense, and they're gone. I just, I, I monsters. You know, you know that Bill Belichick's going to find that sixth-round pick some playing time to, to make, like, five interceptions and be a Pro Bowl caliber player. I don't care what you guys think. I think that the Bills have this year this division because there's nothing to stop them. There just there isn't. Cam Newton. The the Jets yeah. will stop him. <laughs> Sam the Darnold with his mono will stop him. Sam Darnold. <laughs> you need more than Sam Darnold to stop a Le'Veon team like I mean, Bell. Where's their defense? Like where's the rest of the offense? Le'Veon Bell, Brashad Perriman. These are studs. <laughs> Darnold's gonna be great this year, but I still think the Patriots are gonna win it all, or not win it all, but win the division. Because the Bills are a wild card team. They always have been. Yeah, check the 1990s. They were not a wild card team then. Wait, yeah, how long ago was that? Straight Super Bowl. 30 years ago, ago my guy. Hey, I'm saying this is it, guys. It was 30 years ago. You're, you're looking at a, a star studded team here, and you're not. You, come on. You can't. You can't see. I do like Josh Allen. You can't I'll give you that. Be telling me Josh Allen is going to be great. The they aren't going to win the division. They're not. I just... All right, look, look at me without any bias and tell me that and tell me why. I want to hear it right now. Cam Newton. The Pats defense, Bill Belichick. But what about the Julian Edelman on the, the wide defense? receiving core? Julian Edelman. Nikhil Harry. Bill I Belichick will find a way to pull it. it out. Oh, he's gonna be good this year. Nikhil Harry's gonna be good. I'm I'm telling you, they don't have what it takes. Listen, Cam Newton is hungry. I mean, the man he is he's not starving. He he's wants hot. to get out there he's and prove himself. He's on a he's mission. <laughs> he is on hungry. a mission. He's on a mission. He is going to will the Patriots. He's not, you know, he wants to go out and prove himself. And, yeah, they had a lot of defensive opt-outs, which is definitely going to hurt them. But Bill Belichick is a defensive mastermind, essentially. So he will find a way to get that defense running for the season. And it'll be close. It'll be much. It'll be the closest it's been in a long time. I just, I'm sorry. You have the most hungry player in the NFL, in my opinion, in Cam Newton, who wants to get out there and prove himself. I just feel like the, they can take the division. I don't see it. All right, Justin, move on here. Move on, move on. This is all right. We'll move on to the AFC West, consisting of the Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers, Chiefs, the the Broncos, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Thomas, no question, didn't even get through all of them. I'd be insane to say otherwise that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to take the division. I mean. I'm sorry, yeah, Nate. I'm sorry, Nate. But you know, it's just it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Got the Broncos yeah, fan name. They're gonna win. <laughs> the Broncos the guy. 
listen, the the Kansas City Chiefs they got Patrick Mahomes. Do I have to say anything else? Uh, you, can, you, you could you could you could say Tyreek Hill. You could say Travis Kelsey. <laughs> you could say Andy Reid. I mean, you could say a bunch of other things. Tyron Matthew on the defensive side. No, I, I, and the new running back too is gonna be a stud. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The Broncos. I, as a fan, I know that the Chiefs are gonna walk away with the division. You know, we're too young to compete with them. Wildcard, star-studded. You have a bright future, though. Yeah, I'm still actually really I good. I will say, I'm, I'm seeing wildcard for the Broncos. I am. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But the Chiefs will. Win yeah, the Cortland Sutton, Noah Fan are really good. So is Drew Locke. So they'll. They'll make they'll they'll be all right soon. Not this year though. Yeah, I mean, coming down the line, maybe they'll be able to compete a bit more. But right now, just a little little early. Yeah. All right, now we can move on to the NFC side. We'll start with the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, and Detroit Lions. Now the Packers, they they did flub the the draft a bit, but even so, I'm still gonna have to go with them for the division. I mean, close. I'm gonna say close. To the Minnesota Vikings, I'm gonna say they they might even be one game in front, one game behind, or even have like a tied record, and they just beat them in the in the tiebreaker because I think that's how close it's gonna be. But I still think that Green Bay pulls it out for the division. Justin, that is where you are wrong, Minnesota man. Skull, what are you what are you talking about? Just traded for Yannick and Gakwe. Their defense is going to be. They still fill with a bunch of high-level Pro Bowl caliber players. You got Kurt, who can't deliver in prime time, but they'll win the division. Dalvin Cook, they, they Justin Jefferson, Kirk he is Cousins going to be a offensive rookie of the year to play. What? Kirk Cousins is like gonna was quoted saying that he's gonna risk COVID to play. That man has determination. Exactly. They're, they're That's why they that. win the division. Yeah, and if you have tw- sixteen games of Dalvin Cook, you're gonna you're gonna win at least ten of them. Justin, I still actually still got a feeling too. Justin, I'll agree with you here on the Green Bay Packers. Man, Aaron Rodgers is also a hungry man. He just got he just they just drafted his replacement. The Packers did. I know. They essentially just said to him, "All right, you're old. You're on your way out. Here's your replacement." He's going to show up and prove himself, you know, and they got, they got Devontae Adams, you know, and Aaron Jones, especially, who was a beast in fantasy for me last year, is a good running back. So I think it'll be close with Minnesota, but Aaron Rodgers has the experience to lead that team to uh, another division division title. And that's what I think will happen this year. Don't get me wrong. I think the Packers have a good offense. It's just their defense. They lost Blake Martinez to the Giants. And uh, I, I just feel like the, the defense is going to sag behind and be the reason I think the Vikings are the more all-around team. And I'm going with the more all-around team to take the division. Well, I guess you are for this uh, this division, but not for some other ones. Okay, we'll move on then. So move on to the NFC South, who have the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Carolina Panthers. All right, now I have to go with the New Orleans Saints even though the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've improved their team with some uh, notable additions. However, I still think the New Orleans Saints have the more complete team. They have had the more complete team for, what, two, three years now? A team that can actually make the Super Bowl, they just haven't, you know? And th- they haven't lost anything significant. They they're just they, they need to get there. That's all I'm saying. So I think well, they that... they screwed over a couple years ago. Yeah, but I think they win the division again, and two years maybe they make it again. Who knows? Even with the recent moves that the Bucks have made, Justin, you're not saying Tampa Bay? Listen, Tampa Bay is going to be up there. They're going to be looking for 
you know, a, a wild a wild card spot, but they're not going to be able to beat the the Saints. No way. I I don't know. It's gonna I I again uh, going back to the division recaps. I I agree with you with the Saints. The Saints will win, but I I think it's going to be a lot closer than than everyone think. Again, the 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 Buccaneers. What else can you say? They we almost a a team transformation. They went through this this off season it's offensively uh, for the most part. Tom Brady. You replace Winston with Brady. Upgrade there. You replace uh, Ronald Jones in that shaky unit last year with now Leonard Fournette, Lashawn McCoy in that mix too, and Ronald Jones uh, still a good good running back as well you add Rob Gronkowski yeah he was out for a year with retirement but he's still going to be a force there in the tight end spot him OJ Howard their wide receiving core hasn't hasn't changed they got a lot of studs there uh defensively a bunch of young guys but still got to go with the Saints as you said more complete team Drew Brees that offense very explosive and uh, they added some pieces on the defense to help that that cause. Yeah, I agree. It'll be very close, but I, I just the Saints edge it just for me. And I guess then we can move on for the NFC East. You know, a little disheartening for Jacob here. We got the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Football Team, and the New York Giants. Now, I think I said it all last episode. How I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this division. I know, I know. Most of you disagree with me. I don't think it's gonna be. That's cap. It's gonna That's be. Cap. It's gonna be close, but I don't think that the Philadelphia Eagles have what it takes to beat the Cowboys this year. Go Birds! No, no, couldn't. We're gonna win. Couldn't disagree more. Carson uh, Wentz. I know you could. Yeah, yeah. That is. That's where you're wrong again. Third time this episode. <laughs> Justin and Sam, you gotta do better than this. Eagles win this division by two games. Two games. Bold. That's, that's a little much there. I, mean, I, <laughs> I can like see you saying much, game, but two games is a little much. A little much. Like Getting you some hot takes here a week before the season starts. Yeah, two games. I don't see that happening. Cowboys, it's all the hype. Every year, it's all the hype. How good, though? The, how good the offense? Oh, how's Dak, Dak Prescott's going to improve? No, it's all the hype. It's, it's a facade. Yep. Wentz MVP here. Oh, yeah. Wentz MVP here. Listen, I, I'm trying not to be biased here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Whoa. it's gonna be oh, 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 you're not trying to be biased. What I was that ten minute segment reasons, earlier? Okay. I think what the division will come down to is um, who stays the healthiest. And with the recent injury of, I believe, Jalen Reger for the Eagles, that's not a good start to the year. Let's just the whole offense, basically. <laughs> yeah. So that's not that's not great for them. If they get healthy and stay healthy, I would take the Eagles to win the division. Um, close by a game, I'd say. But if they continue to have injury uh, problems such as they did last year, I I would um I would have to go with the Cowboys to edge it. So it all comes down to who stays healthier for me. I think it's really close between Cowboys and Eagles. All right, Justin, finish us off. Yeah, we'll move on to the NFC West here with the San Francisco 49ers, CLC Hawks, the LA Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. All right, guys, it's no surprise here either. They were in the Super Bowl this year. I think that it's going to be San Francisco. However, I think it's going to be super close with the Seattle Seahawks because they're, they're coming up again, and I think, you know, it could be a game 
maybe maybe not even a game like just behind it's going to be super close but i still think that the niners win it i i agree with you i think the niners it, it will be very close russell wilson top five quarterback in my eyes could make the argument top three does so much for his team each and every year uh the the defense sneaky good middle of the pack and can move up there i could even make the case top 10 at times they're gonna they're gonna be in there uh i just think kyle shanahan the way he runs that offense they're gonna keep going they do have some injuries to that offensive side. Wide receiver Debo Samuel. No, he's he's going to be out for, for a long period of time. See how they adjust with that. He was a big producer. Top two tight end in the game, George Kittle. Couldn't agree with you more. I'd say 49ers take the division. It'll be close, though. Top one tight end. Top one. He's the, he's the best. I don't know. Travis Kelsey's really good. <laughs> but you got to think, like, if you swap them, like, Kittle would be... Would be... Oh, it, he's got Mahomes. Like I know he's had played with Alex Smith. Yeah, tra- past, Travis Kelsey but... knows how to find the the soft spot in the zone. That's always what they say about him. You know that that's why. Yeah, he's so true. Good. It's fair. It's very close. I am actually going to disagree with Justin and Jake here on who takes this division. I am backing the Seattle Seahawks to win it this year. Just think, it came down to one game last year, basically to the end of that game uh, against the Forty ers It was that close in terms of seeding and who would win that division. And I just, I feel like Russell Wilson, he's going to get it done this year. Good offense, you know, didn't really lose much. And I, I like their receiving core. I like DK Metcalf. I like what their running backs were doing last year up until they got injured and they had to bring in, uh, obviously, Lynch. But I just, I feel like it's their year. I just, I don't know. It'll be close. It'll be a game, but I just feel like the Seahawks take it this year. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, th- I think that they can, but I just think that the Niners are going to take this one. That should wrap things up with the division winners combo with Justin. Now, to finish off today's episode, here is Nate Roman. I'm talking about some NHL playoffs as the playoffs continue to the conference finals. Take it away, Nate. Yes, indeed. We are into the conference finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Starting tonight with the Las Vegas Golden Knights against the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference. And continuing tomorrow with the Tampa Bay Lightning facing off against the New York Islanders in Game 1. Now, Tampa Bay had a relatively easy time with Boston they beat them 4-1 in their series to reach the Eastern Conference Final. However, the same cannot be said for the other three series. New York, Vegas, and Dallas, every single one of those teams had a 3-1 series lead, and they all ended up going to a Game 7. Now, the Golden Knights were able to defeat the Vancouver Canucks in Game 7 uh, with a score of 3-0, and they move on to the Western Conference Finals. As did Dallas. Dallas beat Colorado in what was a thrilling game. Went into OT. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Some kid from Finland, you know, just showed up. Oh, yeah, I saw that video. Yeah, afterwards. Um, (laughs) After he scored the hat trick. Yeah, game winner. Yeah, it's all about the unexpected um, when it comes to, you know, those players just show up in the big moment. And he showed up and, you know, 
willed them to the Western Conference Finals. Was it? Wasn't it since like 1993? I thought. Oh no! I I guess. Uh, no, I think it was 2000, early 2000s that it hasn't been since the Stars made it to the uh, yeah, Western it's Conference. Been it's been a while. while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, the last I can recall is when they were actually in the Cup and they beat the Sabers in Game Seven. And that was 1999, 2000. So it, it's been a while. It's been about 20 years. But um, they surely did make it. They staved off a very strong Colorado team, who I personally thought would make the cup out of the Western Conference. Yeah, me, 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 and you, we predicted that. We thought we thought it would be. And watching now, the prediction yeah. is wrong. Flyers and Avs and. The- can final, but you know, <clears throat> but but I mean, we, we both have heart. the abs. They're a powerful juggernaut there in the West, but the Stars took care of them there in, in seven games. Any again, anything can happen in this this playoff bubble atmosphere. Same goes for the NBA. We were discussing earlier that home court possibly could have had the Bucks maybe winning a few games if, if it was in a home series, like in Milwaukee or something. Maybe that plays a factor, but. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, speaking of Philadelphia, again, down 3-1 to the Islanders, came all the way back, forced a game 7 just to lose 4-0. That's, that's beyond. We could have won oh, like, that series. We could have won that series. We could have. We could have, but the play, Fun. the whole series by the Flyers, I mean, most of the games, they were abysmal yeah. offensively. It was, yeah. it was like... A- Carter Hart, man. He's the franchise. <laughs> awesome. He's been amazing. First goalie we've had in since what? Ron Hextall? Yeah. Seriously. That and that was thirty years ago. <laughs> uh well I was looking back at the days when we had Steve Mason. That oh. was those were <laughs> Oh yeah. Ilya Brisgalo. Oh, those oh, were No, but it's it's unfortunate. It's been a long time coming. Uh Carter Hart played out of his mind in that series. Game six win in overtime. You know, he had forty nine saves on fifty three shots. That is incredible. I mean, insane. And I, the de- twenty twenty one. The defense played awful for the Flyers, in my opinion, throughout that whole series. It gave away the puck way too many times in key spots that really put Carter Carter Hart in a difficult situation. Um, I'd like to give another shout out to playoff rookie Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks, who came in and had himself a heck of a series. Pitched, I believe it was a 48-save shutout against the Vegas Golden Knights um, in game, what was that, five or six? So, yeah, he he played really well as well. Did they have him in game seven? They did, yes. But I, I watched that game, and the offense for the Canucks, very similarly to the Flyers, could not get it going. Just could not get it going. And if you can't get the offense going, it's too much stress on the defense and the goalie and subsequently... Both the Flyers and Vancouver lost pretty handily in each of their Game 7 games. Any any surprises you guys think from the, the NHL playoffs up to this point? Anything unexpected, you think? Well, the Caps losing, obviously. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think, I definitely, I personally think that the Islanders making it this far is a surprise. I didn't expect them to beat the Caps in the first round, and I didn't expect them to beat the Flyers the way they did in the second round. I'd also say Vancouver was a bit of, of, of a surprise, beating the defending champs, Blues. 
there was a few surprises. Not not what I would have expected to see when it came to this point. Yeah, I think what Barry Trotz has done with, with that Islanders team, again, we say, oh, the Flyers should have had that too. But the, the way they dominated the pace of, of really for most of that series, I mean, coming in from, from Washington, really ushering maybe a new culture to that Islanders team, I think that really has helped them to this point. Surprise! Look at the lightning! Man, they overcame their early postseason woes from the past <laughs> few years. They finally made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know with the way the Islanders, uh, they've, I guess, played more recently. I was surprised with the Bruins-Lightning series. I thought that would go, like, at least six games. I mean, you'd think that the two rivals there, which is just one-sided, I I was totally taken aback. Wow, this series is over already? Four to one? Just five games? I, I thought the Bruins would put put up more of a fight. I think they're in that kind of phase. They have all these veterans. They're good veterans, but they don't have that, that kind of wave of young players to really help them out moving forward. They have good goaltending, but just like they have Zdeno Charlop, uh Patrick Bergeron, Patrice Bergeron, and, and all these guys uh, that are getting up there in age, and time's going to be coming to a close soon. That should wrap things up for today's episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can check out more episodes for Season 2 right here on YouTube. Once again, thank you all for listening, and see you next time.